Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. And use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit, EndoDecoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, EndoAligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, EndoDNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind, created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, it's Sunday. You're watching CLN. We got Chris Martin from Hempful Farms. Talk about all things Arizona and uh, something he just won. Let's uh, go into it. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, you got to be a... Uh, 18 over to vote, 21 over to play the game. All right, let's do this. Tom, Chris, what up, Chris? Thanks for joining us. This marks our first show in a row that has not yet been marked as 18 plus. Uh, you know, we try to do those little compliance things. And Miggy and I did a really good video yesterday about uh, how to successfully appeal a strike. Immediately flagged 18 plus, but. <laughs> Story. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for joining us on Cannabis Legalization News. Chris, why don't you introduce yourself to the people that haven't seen you? It's been uh, about a year or so since you've come on the show. Has been a long? Holy That's shit. Tough, guys, long time no chat, but I'm always following and listening to what you got going on. I'm Chris Martin with Hempful Farms. Um, I'm also the founder of ZonkaMiles.World, our nonprofit. Um, we, we also have a book out called One Life and a movie called Haters Make Me Famous. So, We've been in the Arizona community about, I don't know, 30 years, uh, rocking and rolling out here. And also, you serve time for pot. I mean, that's what the Haters Maybe Famous is about, right? You're, how long? A year, two years? I did six total years. Shit. Uh, over three on my first case, a uh, little over two on my second case, but all for pot. And the last case, I was looking at 127 years. Wow. And you that was all in Arizona. Right? equity in New Jersey. As well, and so like you might want to check out New Jersey, uh, simply because that's how they've defined it. There, it's the arrest anywhere. Actually, Massachusetts, I think, also you'd qualify, but like in certain aspects, in Illinois, and New York, you had to be an arrested in the jurisdiction that you were trying to get the license from. So in Illinois, Illinois State, New York, New York State, was that how it was in uh, Arizona, or how did they define social equity there? From what I understood in the beginning, yeah, it was. But what it looked like in the end, I'm not totally sure. 
Um, Arizona turned into quite a shit show. Pardon my French. Oh, oh yeah. we could have dueling shit shows. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you actually thought you had a chance just by filing the $5,000 application fee in the app. But once you heard the commercials on the radio out here saying, have you ever owned a dispensary? Do you want to be a millionaire? Damn. You knew that the predatorial, you know, yeah. uh, people were, were creeping in. Um, That's then we got invited to uh, a couple different interviews, and that's when you knew it was going to be on here. Uh, I walked into my first interview at the corporate. They have nine stores, multiple states, ran their whole gig at us about how great they were, and then looked right at me and said, we're going to give you 5%. It's a mailbox check. You're not allowed to operate. You won't even have your stuff on our shelves. You'll be happy. How is, how is social equity legally defined? Was, was this 5% shelf, not, not shelf space, mailbox money. Shelf space is different. Shelf space is like one of the ways that you can be vertical and then try to be a landlord for a dispensary and go like, take this. It comes with a shelf space agreement. Come on. Yeah, um, this didn't even have yeah. shelf space. <laughs> no, he looked right at me and said, honestly, we, we would like to change someone's life. And I looked right at him, and my first thought was, you know, that, that AR-15 in my six-year-old's mouth over yeah. a plant changed oh, our God, lives. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Your puny right. pennies that you're throwing at me now in in, uh, in pity of my family is almost disrespectful more than anything. Seriously, though. Seriously. And what, are you familiar? Let's, let's kind of juxtapose the neighbors, because you have uh, New Mexico right next door, and they have social equity mandated into their policy, but it's open. In the sense that you can be vertical and that you can be you anybody can get a license similar to an Oklahoma style openness. Uh, but you need to have a social equity plan and uh, you have to tell the state that's what you're going to do. And you have to be in compliance with that plan. And so like mandating a company, any company, anybody can get in. But uh, how many people were allowed in with this social equity round that Arizona had? Uh, they were only releasing 26 more licenses. Oh, my God up for this lottery um, correct but there were thousands of applications i think 1500 applications right and i believe it was even double that but they whittled it down to 1500 that they accepted um mm -hmm. and i was under the impression it was a lottery but when we logged on to the site it literally was a video of a gentleman push, pushing the down button on his computer screen on a pre-filled out spreadsheet of everyone that won Oh, and wow. once we went back and we cross-referenced all those numbers, I mean, you can guess how many MSOs had actually won those licenses. Yeah. Um, I, I believe I knew one person that won one, and she happened to be a manager for one of the MSOs anyway. So, I mean, it, it's well, Chris, I, it's as crooked as it could be is how I feel. <laughs> when, I, when I saw you in person, when I, when I last was coming through, uh, you were going through the social equity bullshit training. Like, I thought you had the license at that point, so you didn't even no. have the license? No, sir. We sat through weeks of classes that we could have taught that were yeah. taught by people who haven't even been in the space half as long as us. Um, not all yes. of, some mm. of it was informational, but... Uh, you know, I really felt like it was kind of a, a CYA kind of class, you yeah. know, just dotting our I's and crossing our T's. Um, we we sat here and waited just like everyone else. Um, but once we got through the, the program and the system, we realized right away we didn't have a fighting chance that we weren't. This was not even about a lottery of fairness. Yeah. We weren't going to win. There was no way in the world. There was too many political favors already done. 
for you yeah. to even have, unless you were in on that political deal. Well, I can tell out. you, like, like the first interview we went on, there was another interview, right? So, you know, when this whole thing hit, everyone looked at me and my family like, ah, they qualify, reach out to them. So, and it was literally like, get back, whoa, wait, I think we can do this <laughs> ourselves. But I entertained the ideas because I really wanted to hear, you, you get your ear to the floor that way and, and know what's going on. And on my second interview, my wife and I walked in and the gentleman who, who also owned multiple locations bragged about how many, how lucky they were. I mean, he giggled like out loud, like a, a high school person laughing. And I'm going, what is so funny? Like, this is our life or not, you know? And, yeah. He looks at me and he says, well, we were really lucky. So if I were you, I would sign with us. And I'm like, you were really lucky. And he told me, yeah, I got seven licenses on the first lottery. Oh, my God. So I looked at my wife and I'm like, you know, we're almost screwed. If we don't sign with someone like yeah. this, I don't think we're going to have a chance. And damned if those guys didn't win like six more licenses. The same dude that sat and that's. That makes no sense. Six. And just do the math them. real quick. You know, just real quick. Oh, man. Yeah. LinkedIn is saying that we can't. Uh, we're having an issue broadcasting on LinkedIn. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Doesn't that happen sometimes when you're trying to put out messages about how an open market system <laughs> is so much better? And so when you have these closed loop systems like in Arizona or in Illinois, you have real issues with social equity being anything more than window dressing. Window dressing. And if that yeah. the point was really trying to... Uh, enrich those areas that have been hurt by the drug war why didn't you have a tax that goes there and specifically benefits those areas then because that applies to everybody who wants to apply for a license absolutely but they don't care well it was so saturated with these applications that were paid for by the dispensary i mean my two applications compared to 800 filed by one entity yeah yep I just, just happened in Connecticut. Wind. Like, here you go. Well, you were just in Connecticut. And so, like, this was uh, June 3rd, not June 3rd, May 3rd. Maybe we'll, there's another one for a few of their other uh, licenses expiring in the uh, first week of June. But uh, there was like thousands, thousands of these applications that go into this lottery. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say it was more than 10,000 for these licenses the dispensaries are going to give away because of limited market state. And then they come down to a lottery. Why? You know who's going to eat these guys' lunch when it becomes fully legal? All the open market states. All the oh, industry yeah. is going to be in an open market state because that's where you can innovate. That's where you can uh, create new things and you can have a culture. And like any, your barrier to entry is your ability to have a positive balance sheet. That's it. Mm -hmm. you know? I agree with you a thousand percent, but you also understand the business model of these multi billion dollar companies. They're coming in smashing grab. They want yeah. to know. It's not going to matter about legalization then because by then they grabbed theirs and ran. And the bad part is, is companies like mine that have been sitting here for 20 years fighting this battle, I don't have liquid like that. I don't yeah. have partners and shareholders. I can go steal all their money and sit around and float on clouds. I, <laughs> I sit here one patient at a time, one candy bar at a time, one mm. little first place award at a time, like whatever we can do just to let people yeah. know that look, we're not going to sell out. We're not going to give it up just because the rule says, hey, look, you have to play like this. Yeah, I've never played by those rules, man. I've never done it. I'm not going to do it again. All I can do is keep getting louder. It sucks here because I've painted myself into a corner in essence. Mm in some areas because I didn't care more about myself than I did about the 
terrible law that was coming down. And, right. Uh, it sucks. It, it, I bankrupt myself three times with this damn company, you damn. know? And, yeah. That wasn't the goal. That was never the goal. But we still have to fix something. Or But they prevented. They prevent the cash flows yeah. from going to entrepreneurs like you. They yes, took sir. all the cash flows for themselves with these limited market states. Correct. And they are not going to be ready for you know, $1,500 a pound wheat, or a wholesale wheat. You know, they aren't. <laughs> and uh, it, it's oh, crap. Hopefully this doesn't get us flagged because I'm talking about prices and weights. Never do that. Well, we, we don't even know anymore. Policy. We're trying to effectuate po po positive change for the, the world so that we regulate the substance correctly. That's it. And then we, we don't create Russian oligarchic style uh, uh, markets of this new emerging agriculture that only benefits a slight few of people when you could have an open market style where it's it's more, you know, it's, it's more American. You have a lot yeah. of operators all over the country. And then by time, they will conglomerate themselves. You know, you don't have to stand in their way. It's already hard enough. You can feel how political a move it is because... I, the demand is still there for what we do. Obviously, look at the awards. Look at look at what yeah. happens with products that aren't even on the on shelves right now that are still getting awards because they used to be on a shelf because people remembered what it was a month mm. ago or two months ago or whatever. To me, that speaks volumes. I'm not partnered with anyone big. I'm not partnered with any you know conglomerate, MSO, whatever. It's what we do as a small, tiny family, and that's what we've always done. To mm. not be able to to produce what we do at the level we want to do it in a legal market that we help build feels yeah. completely counterproductive. We're like right back at square one. But now if you we were just allowed to apply for a license, if there was just a, the state didn't say only this many licenses, I'm sure that you have community relationships from your operations from the past few decades in the state, right? In theory. You know, honestly, my state's bought out. There's three big mm -hmm. groups that have come in and bought all our licenses. So yeah. let's say I want to give, let's say I'm even working under a license in a kitchen and I want to put my products on the shelf. I got to call the purchasers in Chicago and the purchasers in New York because they're owned by those companies that aren't even here. And now, you know, if Moxie's on the shelf up there or whoever they carry, they're not going to carry the local legacy guys. They give shits about who we are and what yeah. we do and honestly yeah. they care about their quarter they care about their quarter yeah. that's where you start paying for shelf space if you get the talk at the table uh, you know yeah. i don't get that offer of hey here two grand put your product on the shelf not that i jump i don't even get that convo though you know what i mean usually oh, yeah. when I it, it's like oh it's this guy <laughs> well because right the grassroots somehow got this dirty name in cannabis already like we're just MSOs, like we are the clean slate, we are the iPhone of whatever. Well, the MSO says oh, there's two licenses. That's it. Ours Correct. and somebody else, so we can say that it's not a monopoly and we're competing. And so that's the problem. And so the states that are open market, freewheeling, that's free market capitalism, the invisible hand, yeah. those types of things. If you're good at it, you're gonna get rewarded. If you're bad at it, there's bankruptcy courts, but you can't declare it because it's still look at my history here in this state. Yeah. I worked for one of the MSOs, not for them. I rented space for my company, and we yeah. couldn't even get hot water or working toilet. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? You, you get paid $10,000 a month for 10 companies in one spot, and you can't get one toilet working? So yeah. I'm the guy that says something. Next thing you know, the whole community hates me. Uh, in the, not the whole community. The whole 
dispensary side because I'm the whistleblower. I'm not the whistleblower, man. I'm not trying to get people sick. Well, no, yeah, I have a working toilet in my house. I have a working <laughs> toilet at Hemphill. You can't have a working toilet in a multi-billion-dollar warehouse. <laughs> like, come on. Well, there's, there's requirements. compliance issues with that. <laughs> well, that, that's only in the application where it says my toilet will be working. That's the problem because, like, I remember going through Arizona's application process, and it was one of those things where uh, the regulatory compliance aspect isn't there as much as it is in Illinois or in a mm -hmm. New Jersey, where you need to describe in documentation and forms about how you're you're complying with all the laws and regulations. In, uh, in Arizona, it was all about regulatory ease. So just check the box and say, yeah, we're doing it. They're catching up. I can feel the change coming. They're really cracking down, but they crack on the people who are yeah. always there trying to do it right. You know, when I first started in this big corporate world, I watched the state walk in on one of these groups, on one of these big. We've done initial openings for 25 years of my career in mm -hmm. restaurants. So I had my team so scared of these inspections that they knew something was going to get found. They walked into the kitchen with their group, walked around, looked at everyone's kitchen and waved and said, you all did great. You passed and walked out. I looked straight at my wife and went, I worked at Denny's as a 17 year old and they checked my Sani bucket. They checked my temperatures. Regulatory ease. You know, regulatory ease is not, you know, it's not like, Hey, you got to follow all the rules. It's like, did you check the box? Yeah. All right, man. I'll see you at the mixer. Yeah. And granted, that was four years ago. So it's starting to catch up. You're seeing yeah. some pressure coming down. But it's it's always on companies like ours where, oh, all of a sudden your stuff's all confiscated. Oh, they're doing extra testing on your product. Yeah. Always the little guy. It's never the big group of product. It's the guy that's got the big mouth. And I get it. I dug that mm -hmm. hole 20 years ago, man. And it's an uphill battle. I get it. That, that's kind of why we keep fighting it. <laughs> Chris, you know what you're talking about, though, as, as a chef, as somebody that, you know, when people talk about cannabis regulation, you know, like like food items, right? You know, half the regulation is already out there, right? So it's like, you know, how do you regulate the, the cannabis brownie making place? Well, how do you regulate the brownie making place? That's right. how you regulate the cannabis exactly. brownie making place, you know? Exactly. Hey, all the FDA requirements, the kitchen requirements, but not even just that, that in Arizona where you're at, where you lived and, and done time and, and, and blood, uh, you know, they haven't helped you on that lower barrier part, like with the, with the, the bullshit equity, right? When I, I tell you right now, brother, yeah. I'm more of an outcast now than I was when I got paraded on the front page as a felon. I was a hero then. Yeah. I was, well, I was saving everything. And now I'm the bad guy because the corporates are here. There are no little caregiver groups anymore. They've all either mm. left or sold out and joined the other team. And there's just little pockets of us left. And we're all looking at each other like, do we just jump in? Do we, yeah. do we find another state? Like this place. The, you, you should find another state because, like, when you have the corporates in and it's a very limited market state, the smalls are crowded out immediately. Now, and that's that's like you have these open market states and then you have the, um, the the limited market states and the limited market states. They very often crowd out. And I mean, they're the ones that have the illicit market problem still because they don't have the price that's low enough to combat the illicit market. So they don't have like a bang in thirty five dollar. Uh, you know, it, they don't in Illinois. Now, maybe they will in another five years or so. But uh, when they're when it costs so much to get going and there's only so few licenses, it really crowds out other people. But, you know, when you have other states like a Michigan or an Oklahoma or a New Jersey, and I think Massachusetts is set up this way, too. Hopefully New York will be set up this way. Uh, it's just a license. If the market can support another business, it can. Hmm. Uh, 
there's only so many bars that that city can hold, you know, unless the city's growing. And so, or if the demand's growing, there's only so many, so much canopy space that you're going to be able to move in a particular jurisdiction. And honestly, with my background and now my age, there's only so much I want to move. There's there's certain things we want to do as a legacy that I really don't want to build out any bigger than certain spaces. You know, I don't want to be a, a, a 200,000 square foot under sun. You know, I don't need it. I, I like what we do. Now, if I had the demand and the product across the country, maybe, but I don't think that way. I, I care yeah. about the people I'm helping right now. Maybe yeah. that's a problem. <laughs> well, Chris, I think when people see you too, like when I, when I won't visit you to see like, like, it's always nice. That's why it's cool to be like whatever position I'm in and I can just pop in and, and meet people and see things. And like, you're behind the scenes though is actually a no shit family business where it's you your wife your kids your grandkids they're they're laying the chocolate they're cutting the squares they're packaging it i mean you are doing everything by hand with just you guys whereas the big mso who can bleed money they're they're investing in these machines that are packaging whatever x amount per minute and not producing quality sometimes you know not not doing the best or whatever that's what we fight against because yeah we're that chicken or the egg, you know, we're a couple mm. quarters away from automation, but we're still at that mom and pop size where, you know, if I don't want that $5,000 bill on a machine if I don't need it. Yeah, but I mean, if yeah. a small business was allowed to be a thing as opposed to like the large corporate business they have, you know, you could put together some pro forma and some numbers that you already have from your current operations to get a loan to like go up a little bit more. And then you don't have to be dealing in hemp. You could be dealing in the stuff that has the THC and have the appropriate licensure for that. And I got to tell just you, don't get it. that's our biggest struggle. I've lost 40 grand over the last three years trying to raise money because yeah. I can't go into a bank traditionally. I can't go. I have a pitch deck and perform. I've got awesome, really good numbers on both. Send it my way, man. I'll yeah. take a look at it and I'll put you, I mean, because like I said, you are social equity in New Jersey. But then I, it comes down to who do you know in New Jersey, you know, uh, and then, yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of a hard thing. But uh, or the East Coast and then uh, New Mexico. Anybody can. So not yeah. far. I was born in Virginia. I got family there in Pennsylvania. Virginia set up to be a limited market, 400 uh, licenses each. But that's 400 licenses. How many licenses are in um, uh, Arizona? Like 30, 100, 100 and something like that? We had 126, and they just released 26 more. So 150. 150. That's it. In the fifth largest cities in the state, you know. Yeah, like, they got that's the like Illinois number. Too. Like it is just. Oh, you have one of those? Damn, nobody's has those. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. When nice. you get to the table to talk about one, oh yeah, 20 million dollars in an NDA. Like that's a great business. Sorry, I'm going to be slipping and seeing that NDA, you know. Uh, yeah, but it, it's it's uh, it's crazy. And then they everybody in the industry immediately, and this is like one of the problems that you know this happens because it's human nature. You immediately get greedy and max out as much revenue as you can. Immediately, mm. you just put that top line. It's like, well, what's our possible total yield? All right, well, that's my benchmark. As opposed to saying like, well, what can I afford to push out? Uh, right. And then there's what you can afford to push out and put together. But then if you're going to design and build a, a facility that can handle extraction and the packaging and all that other stuff, you know, it's expensive. But you could design one for a million bucks. Absolutely. You know, you don't have to make yeah. it ridiculously huge. Yep. Yep. The grow we built out here for the previous partner was about 1.4 and operational within nine months. 11 Damn. months. There you go. 1.4. And if it's the, if you own the rocks that are underneath it, 
and you can finance it. You can probably get that for about three hundred fifty thousand to four hundred fifty thousand dollars down and finance the rest. That's uh, our biggest issue right now as a company is we just weren't we're not liquid after fighting yeah. through COVID. I had four retail stores. We lost our cafe because of all this stuff. We really just mainstreamed towards wholesale, online, and and white label because that's really what we could do for the last two years. You know, mm-hmm. we're people showed up at any of our stores. So the good part is, is no partners, no debt. And I own every piece of equipment in 7,000 square feet. So it's you need to develop some real estate. If I was you, I'd get into real estate, commercial real estate development. And and a a place like Oklahoma or uh, New Mexico, to a certain extent, Michigan, but come on, it's cold. Uh, and so, like uh, those types of places where you could develop the real New Mexico's tricky because of the water. And so, right. like, if you can figure out how you're going to get that. But then you could build your grow and your retail, and maybe like uh, if you could get zoning approval, like you know, mixed use, so some uh, apartments and stuff. So now you're you're feeding the family. You know, you got a job for them, and then yeah. also you got a place for them to stay. And then if there's other bays in the area, you have other retail that you can also rent from. Yep. Uh, that try, I mean, but that's not, that's not even a possibility for you in Arizona. I mean, you have to be banging, you know, not just doubled, not just eight figures, but getting close to a unit. That's a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And some of those those are those things that you can put together. You're going to hit that number, especially in states like Arizona. And then people will go try to find somebody that will give them a check like that. Well, and then it's it's great. All it's, that, it's, then you, you still got to find somewhere to sell it all. And if you're in yeah. my position. I've got to put so many degrees of separation. <laughs> like no one can even know I'm a part of it because I'm going to be pissed off that I grew it or something, you know, like it's, it's Prima Donna. I've never you. been in this position after all these years of being here. I can tell you. That's so weird. Rooms and everyone gets quiet. You're like, whoa. <laughs> what isn't that the, kind of the weirdness about this uh, this plan itself, the industry, as far as like the outlaw industry, and then the weird ass yeah. iPhone fuckers that want to merge together and make one big like that's yeah. the this is what it's about now, the mainstream. It's but, like they want to ride on your back through the doorway and then jump yeah. off like they didn't get there that way, <laughs> you know? Like, wait, it wasn't me. I wasn't with him. <laughs> you know, Chris. Last we talked, though, you were kind of working on making your own seat at the table with some legacy people. Are you still working on that? You know, I've been trying. Uh, the groups I linked up with, I just don't know how true they are. It feels like a lot of people are just so ego-driven these days. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bad with them. And everyone's happy, hunky-dory in the beginning, and everyone wants to do favors and this and that. And then all of a sudden, one side's doing everything. The other side doesn't do as much. Someone gets and that's better. why vesting schedules are important, everybody. Mm. Thumbs up, likes, and subscribes for vesting schedules. When you're getting partners, make sure it's not like, I get this much of the business. Mm. Okay, I'm going to go to France. And yeah. then uh, it is vesting schedules. It's like, no, bitch, you have yeah. four years hard labor right here in the contract, or you're losing them shares. Well, the good mm. part was is it wasn't really a business interest. We were really trying to come together to help the legacy field here in Arizona. It was just some people coming from out of state that I thought I might be able to link up with because of what they did there. But yeah. it almost felt like they're coming here commercially. Because they, right. they bring their brand, their name, their whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 so everybody's well, got a brand. A everybody maxes out everything. You know, it's, I it's spent great. a year helping them get here and, and their brand. And then when it came time to do my stuff, it was almost like, oh, no, look, I do that too. Yeah. Oh wait, like 
Wait, we were thought we were going to like make a new one. Yeah. And I, you know, ideally you would but think something like that. The, yeah. The ink. The ink is so right. important at that point. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. This is just this is why this is brought. We're gonna take small, yeah, let's just take yeah. a small 420 somewhere break just so that I can plug my own company. That's my own company, 420 somewhere with collateral based. Uh if you guys need anything, you can just Google Cannabis Lawyer. You'll find me, Cannabis Industry Lawyer, uh, and my firm's collateral base. And so, you know, you'll eventually get into our little funnels if you visit where we live on the Internet. Chris, do you but think yeah, that – it's been, it's been fun to try to help entrepreneurs. Like, I feel bad for entrepreneurs, Chris, like you in that situation that you're in. But there is more fertile lands for those skill sets. But then it's, you know, how closed off is that going to be? How quickly is it going to move? Mississippi could be interesting, you know. Oh, Mississippi yeah. could be interesting. I heard that we'll too. see. Well, and they're and very humid there too, so the growing aspect. I'm familiar of it. with the area as much. It's all the regulation, man. It's like, it, do you got Does a guy like Chris have a chance to get over? Right. That, that's it. That's it. That's I it. I want to go where yeah. we're welcome. I want to go where people are like, right. yeah, that's the guy we want. Yeah, you know, the warrior right there, the guy that suck it out. Let's take him. Yep. But there's no so, state like that. Yeah, there is. There's Oklahoma. There's New Mexico, there's Michigan, and so it's, and there's also Massachusetts, and it looks like New Jersey's kind of setting up that way as well. But I feel like we're no, matter, it, you know? no matter where it is, it's got to be a strategic partnership for us mm. because I can go and I can take product, but it's got to take money. I, I've got to have some backing. Oh, absolutely. We could put, to, I got some real estate guys, you know, we could put together some type of venture. And then, then it comes with, you know, particular pro forma or like, here's monies that are going to go. Uh, yeah. And then who the brand is, all that other stuff. You said you already have a deck. Uh, and then it's yeah. just an aspect of how much they're getting paid back. And I suggest double their money. And that would be, you see a lot of 15% interest rates in the industry for some reason. 15% interest rate, essentially, if a five-year term at 15%, you're talking about doubling your money. Yeah. Uh, and if you could show them that, and then you could show them real estate as collateral where it's like, well, what type of what type of assets do you have? I have these, you know. And you know, you could take a second position. We're gonna have a mortgage on a construction loan, but you know, here's here's the construction mortgage. Here's the the loan amount built in. Here's the sales. And, and then because you already have a brand, if you could have, you know, your brand being because it's a hemp brand, right? So you could be selling it. It's multiple brands, really. Yeah. Cannabis right. brand, brand. We own seven. Animal but then you're not, you're, not, you're not pre-money, you're post-money. And so you already have post-money and you just show those and say, then once we get the, the THC line online over in this area of the store, we anticipate selling this volume. Well, and with the with the retail side of Hempful, like we want to bring back the cafe. We feel that cafe yeah. retail, Cracker Barrel style history mm -hmm. lesson while eating is money. We feel like right. it is just... And when people come in, when they used to come in the cafe and they could sit there and see 100-year-old hemp leaves framed on the wall and go into the bathroom where the sink is completely done up in all the hemp art and propaganda. And, you know, it's just it's fun. It was just fun yeah. for one thing. And I think with a good push, a good team and a good market with a good plan behind it, it's, it's going to take off. Because we were doing it by ourselves. Like, uh, no, no real business plan. Because, honestly, man, I, I went to school for culinary for like a year and then dropped out because my wife was pregnant. Now <laughs> I literally figured out what I know on this side. So yeah. 
walking. Yeah. Shit yeah. it, it, there's opportunity out there, and especially <laughs> especially if you approach it like you know entrepreneurs in your situation where they hate when they feel like because they've been growing, and they've been holding down the country for years, and then they, they get locked out of the industry unless they sell out and they like are one of the few that are actually in the inside understanding how to flower at scale in a commercial operation. Um, that sucks. And that's one of the reasons why I advocate the more open market side, because do you really think there would be this glut, this mad rush of like applications like we've seen in Illinois, Connecticut and Arizona, all these limited market states? If anybody can get a license, fuck no, it would not be a guarantee. It would not be a sure yeah. thing. It would not be freaking. It would not be like owning oil. It would yeah. be like owning a bar and owning a bar can be successful, but it can also have to close because it doesn't make a profit i'd love to see like a graph on the people who won the license and who actually kept the license and is going to open it or who's selling it because mm. i i got a weird feeling the ones that didn't automatically drop into the mso's laps are already sold they're they're the our our community lost all those licenses they're, they're, they're all gone. and i feel it like it's like a like a flip like they're doing a flip like is it in and out yeah well we went through we you know we screenshotted everything as it came up we researched all of them we tagged them on out of 26 licenses i think only four or five went to individuals damn and those but, four or five we found were either employees related to dating or, i mean it, it wasn't hard to figure out yeah thing and what was that and then when you talk to those people because two of them i one of them i knew specific the other one i knew through a friend and when you asked them both neither one of them had the money to start it oh sure yeah, but, what am I gonna do with license? Like, there's no way right but, I, I just put in to see if i'd win and i'm going <laughs> but that no, that's, that's, that wins that does win yeah. um which is fun but then the 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 play oh. of the flip yeah, yeah it looks like chris is frozen <laughs> and move around Look, uh, somebody <laughs> is probably trying to stream in, in his house, and so that's could be. And if you're trying uh, to get a hold of Chris, I think somebody pointed out like they they asked if you're trying to get a hold of Chris. So Chris owns Hempful Farms, and they have yeah. a contact here at Hempful Farms. Uh, if you just go to Hempful Farms, you can go to contact us. Uh, I had a question for him because one of the things I want to ask that's a great picture. I hope he it is. It always that. looks like he's flipping us off, but like you know, he's just <laughs> like, frozen. Unfortunately, you, yeah. uh, but also. I wanted to ask him about uh, the legacy market in Arizona. How do you think it's going? Because here in this op-ed in the LA Times, uh, they're saying why the legal weed is losing to the illegal weed, mm -hmm. you know, the traditional market, as we like to say. But uh, right. they're pointing out the taxes. I mean, it's the obvious like chain of command, the taxes, the it's price taxes point. Taxes in the limited market. And so the, by the byproduct of the limited market and the taxes, it pushes the price really, really high. And so that's great for maximizing profits, for paying off investors, uh, and then also for taxes, because, you know, if that tax is 20% of 60 versus 20% of 35, then you've actually generated more revenue by the taxes as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of the taxes, it's crazy, because one of the things I wanted to ask him, which was nuts, because when I saw him in person, they were doing that social equity uh, program, right? And I, to me, I'm, I'm just not into wasting time, right? And And so it's like, why would this thing be a requirement just to be in a lottery? They should have been allowed to take that program as a pre-approved, right? It, that's the fairness of a don't it's waste the limited. It's the limited license. It's the limited license. And so because of that, there's only so many seats on the bus and then everybody's guaranteed a cash flow. 
Uh, now, nobody's guaranteed a cat. Nobody's guaranteed much in America. That's kind of the point of freedom. But, um, you know, that's why they're licensing it that way. That's what just how they're well, we'll see. Hey, Chris. He's back. Sorry about that. <laughs> You're good. It's all right. Modern technology. My computer died, and now my phone's on. Oh, right on. Well, I share uh, Wi-Fi with my house with my kids, and so sometimes we'll do that. It happened to me all the time, and it's like, oh, they're gaming or something. Oh, my computer's plugged into a power strip, and I decided to play football with it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hey, so when you were doing an equity program when I, when I caught you uh, in person, my question is, first off, did that cost you to do that? And then second off, that was a prerequisite before you could even enter into the, the, the lottery? Because to me, that's bullshit. You should have been able to win at first, and then they give you that class. But you'd be you'd actually find it funny to know that I didn't actually qualify for social equity. My wife did. Okay. I did all the time. I went. Yeah. Through, my wife got all her stuff cleared, but she qualified because the stipulation stated that I was too much of a gang member, too much of a pothead, had oh, too God. much product. Went too, too far much. social equity. Yeah, we had that in Illinois. It's like, sorry, you're caught with too much weed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So my wife actually qualified. Now, if her and I did not decide to partner with an entity, we would have had to come out of pocket $5,000 each for those applications. So we have to go with a smaller license and partner with them because they offered us a really cool contract with the kitchen and with product if we were to get the license. Yeah. Uh, knowing that our chances even partnering with them were minimal because they're an independent license. They're one of the like three independent licenses in the whole state that are left. And I know the guy's not going to sell it because he actually paid like three times the amount of the value of the license in his town just to run those MSOs out of there. So they could just come buy everything up. He increased the value. Um, So we we said, you know what, we'll let them pay the, the sign up fee for us to get going. And uh, even though we knew we, we didn't, I mean, we're getting told by these MSOs, we're going to get drawn. You need to draw with us. If you don't draw with us, you're not going to get drawn. And we're going talk about a, uh, like a moral. We're looking at each other going, we know we will probably win. If we go with these guys, we can't do it. There's just, I'm not doing it. I didn't go to prison and almost look at life. So I can give some guy 95% of everything we've worked hard for. There's no way. It's not happening. Right. But that's, and that's the other weird thing. They have these percentages and then they have, you put the people that can't afford it in this position where they're supposed to have these percentages. And then the person that has the money goes, fuck those percentages. How about one tenth of that? And then you don't have to even help us. We'll just send you the checks. And that's the crazy thing. Even like on the second meeting we had, when they told us, oh, yeah, we are going to get drawn. You need to go with us. I even looked at him and I said, okay, then why would I go with you? I mean, the last guy told me 5%. What are you guys going to do? He goes, oh, no, we'll honor the 51%. We'll give you a half a million dollars up front to get you going. We'll even give you a year mentorship. But we keep retail. Oh, yay. So I get to go work for you, bust my ass, and you take the profit? Man, I feel like I'm back in prison. Thanks. I was going to say, you don't like me being over? Man. <laughs> no, this is, this is common. Like That's the wow. thing, guys. Hey, if you're a social equity license holder in Illinois or the craft girl trying to raise some money, welcome to Chris Martin, a social equity applicant in Arizona. Similar things. Now, it's, it's one of these interesting things, though, that, uh, you know, how do you approach your cultivation facility if you were able to thread that needle? That's something that we, we talk a lot about over at Cannabis Industry Lawyer, the collateral-based firm. 
Um, you know, it, and that that's a different kettle of fish and problems. But uh, getting locked out like that, you know, and then what's your so you're out now? What can you do? You can go try to buy one of these licenses for 15, 20 million dollars. Yeah, yeah, and that's a license. Now you got to go find somewhere to put it. Right, right, and the same yeah. thing in Illinois. These licenses, you know, grows and dispensaries, hmm, four to six million. Actually, I'm coming down a little bit now. I'd say three to four million on paper because of the availability. But yeah. I've got partner invited me out next month. We're gonna go see. He's got a hundred and twenty thousand square foot building. He's only using twenty percent of. Oh my god! He's like, come out. He goes, in two years you'll have your license, get residency, and you'll own it. Oh, mm. Five hundred bucks, and I got you going. I'm like. Totally. I'm on a plane. Like I'm going, to, I'll be there in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why? Yeah. We're beating ourselves up, and I'm not getting any younger. I got grandbabies. Yeah. You know, right. I go to Oklahoma the- is open for business. I mean, that's the thing. Oklahoma's open for business. New Mexico's getting open for business as well. Yeah. And sure, there's not a lot of population there, and they have water issues. But that's where all the innovation's going to be. I mean, like El Paso, Texas, is right near Las Cruces. That's that's fertile ground. Buddy's on the border. He's like, yeah, we are just waiting. As soon as Texas hits, it's going to be a, a whole nother story. And I'm from Kansas originally, so I grew mm. up on the border right there. Right there. I lived in Topeka, Topeka, group homes in Pittsburgh on the border of Oklahoma. So mm. I'm family there, you know, my my mom and my brothers and sisters are still out there. Kansas is going to go kicking and screaming into legalization, though. I think Kansas yeah. is- pay those people off. That's- <laughs> I don't and then do you see what they're trying to pass? Like I'm reading this. They, I actually sent a video to Kansas Cannabis Coalition for case leg so they could read it to the house saying, look, you passed this without flour. You are only hurting these people who have gone without this whole Seriously. time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they want to pass it. No flour. I well, there's many states that do that dumb shit, though, and then hope you know they retrograde it or retroact it. It's it's, it's silly yeah, as it is. So, you're right. Yeah, no, <laughs> but you, know, Chris, I think you have an unfair advantage though with these new markets in the South, where, where it's like New Mexico and Texas, because growing cannabis is still unique, right? It's still uh, in California where the weather's seasonal. Here in Washington State, you know, I only have three months to really grow it outside if I wanted True. to. But True. you guys, you're yeah. used to Arizona dealing with a goddamn fluctuation of 120 130 degrees heat 50. uh yeah and, and in a greenhouse as well which you know or whatever because you're not just doing that outside you're doing it in a controlled environment right I, I imagine like in new mexico because when i experienced the recreational wheat in arizona it was shit so i don't think they have good growers behind you know people with a lack of experience for that climate the turnover that you should see mm. ah yeah, I'll let you. T- I'll tell you a little story. I got a call from a very good friend who's, you know, we've we've all been in the community here a long time, and she's like, "Look, this grow. We have two grows, and both head growers walked out. Would you ever consider coming in?" And I'm like, "You know, man, I just I feel like selling my soul when I even answer these calls." I said, "I'll consult. I have no problem. Right. I'm not gonna nail my foot to the floor for you. Yeah. Sign on salary wise, but I'll consult." Well, bring, bring, can you bring a resume or, or a portfolio over so they know who you are? I drive all the way over there. I get sat in the front room for like, I don't know, 20 minutes. Someone comes out, takes my stuff, comes back. Don't call us. We'll call you. Shit. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I go all the way back, call my friend. She's like, we'll make sure it gets to the right people. Oh, my God. Did you Google me or something? Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. 
You know what well, I mean? Just, like, just, that's the drama. That's it's yeah. like, do you want help or do you want to be a crybaby? Like, let's fix this shit and move on. Like, I don't want to work there, but I don't want to see people buy trash either. So, you know, I was willing to even give it up a little bit and go <laughs> say, I'll, I'll help this, but they. They don't want uh, it. You know, use the talents and find somebody that'll give equity for that talent in an emerging market because they are lacking talent there. You know, now if you're in an Arizona or something, they're just kind of churning through them and then they don't want to give anybody anything, you know. Right. But if you have the smaller operations where they really need some help, uh, that's something that you can bring to the table. And again, with some type of vesting schedule, it's like, no, for four years, I'm going to do this. That's why I'm getting this percentage of equity. And then you're going to put down this money. We're going to have this loan with you. You're going to have it 14% interest. That's why you're getting that equity. You, why are you getting 8%? I know a guy. Get rid of him, you know. Uh, <laughs> it, and it's it's one of those things. I just, I'm hiring an attorney right now. No. Well, no, I mean, but uh, the operator should be having an attorney. You know, that's 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 what it's about. You know, right? Correct. No, it's very. It's it's all it's about really is having the understanding on both sides and the, yeah. the will to follow through with it all. Because when the money shows up, people just kind of be like, "Yeah, it was a deal," and then it's like, "Whoa." We need a lot more business records because if I'm getting involved, you're gonna have a lot more business records because it's like, no, there was a deal, and then there's what you think the deal is now. That's yes. why we have all these business records. <laughs> Paper you know, the industry is still young enough, I think, Chris, that you should be able to walk into one of these fucking places and not even give them a resume. Just drop your goddamn incarceration record and be like, fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, like that's one thing, but you still got to be able to grow really good weed. You know, I'm just saying, but like he got caught several times growing, selling good weed in Arizona. I mean, what other fucking, you know, here, here's it. I did the time for, for you know, being good at it. My first bust. I was 19 years old playing college baseball at Yavapai, and I got caught with a joint in my dorm room, and I got three years in prison. That's right. That was the uh, three years. And then you were a big baseball player, right? Triple A. They called it uh, possession of a controlled substance in a drug-free school zone. Jesus. That yeah. was some bullshit right three, there. Yep. Yeah. The told me point blank, I don't like you. You're not from here. You're from Kansas. Come You're to not my from here. That's drugs. the other thing. Talk about prejudice. I'm like, we only allow people from here here. Well, then how yeah. is there any interstate <laughs> commerce? Fuck interstate commerce. But where's America starting in? That's my question. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Fuck? I'm tired of it too, man. We, we've we've kind of just decided that the fight here isn't worth it. Uh, we love everyone here. I mean, hell, we started all we've done here. Yeah. Uh, last thing we want to do is turn feel like we're turning our backs. But, man. It's a struggle when you're watching your stores close or your products not get sold on shelves. And, you know, that that's a tough deal when you help build the market. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, direct to consumer, consumer, though. A lot of the stuff that you're moving is hemp. And it doesn't sound like it's vape product hemp either. Hmm. So you should be able to use the post office. And, yes, and do. Ship. And so that's really nice. But then some of the stuff that you make, isn't it like... Uh, you know, fairly artisanal, kind of like you know, real chocolates and stuff. Yeah. So, they, how do you handle temperature and shipping then? Uh, we have to ice box them. They go styrofoam foam with ice pack. Ship There's ways people ship candy bars all the time, right? Yep. Again, just because it has can or, t- or uh, CBD in it, it's right. still a chocolate bar that's been handled many years for types yep. of chocolate and yep. well, confectionary. Would that be the word? Yep. You know? Yeah. Keep it cold. Ship it fast. <laughs> Get it there. Yeah. yeah. You know, handful. 
honestly is does a great job. Info, we've really focused online lately um, with all the COVID craziness and the, the price in retail and the price in, in, uh, um, in the real estate market right now we just you know we're, we're our biggest battle is like do we fight this overhead that we're seeing right now and continue to try to grow here in a market that's really just limited us so much or take it somewhere where it was kind of like here 10 years ago where we're educating people you know when i went to kansas to go visit last month i brought rosin with me and i thought people were fall out of their chairs <laughs> as soon as they saw my my rig and my torch i thought they were going to call an na meeting or something yeah blasting something i shouldn't have been i'm like no, you no, an no. intervention once i explained it and everyone tried it now i keep getting phone calls when are you coming back <laughs> what yeah. Amazing thing about the plant, right? If you ever just take like just a bud and you can squeeze it really hard, you can kind of get an idea of like this is what you're this is what's happening, right? This is science in your hand happening real time. Chris, what's the how is the traditional market doing in Arizona? Like, is it surviving? Is it thriving? Is it like getting squashed? It's tough because we're not only in a traditional market, but we're a border state, so we have other challenges, you know. Um, that traditional market tends to cross lines in the the shitty market, I guess you could say, because well, right there we've got brickweed flying across the border, which yeah. is not as much now with us being able to grow and you know you don't you definitely don't see yeah. it. But now I, I, cartel knows how to grow, so they don't. They grow shit. <laughs> they try. <laughs> I'm glad. It's like that's the thing that I do not miss at all about using weed is shitty weed. Like yeah. I am so thrilled that I haven't had shitty weed in like at least a decade. Like the, the Mexican brick crap. Uh, yeah. and so I'm so grateful I, for that. I think the traditional market's surviving and it survives on people who are willing to recognize the demand and the need for it, the necessity. You know, we hosted yeah. Frenchy Cannoli's wife Kimberly and um, over at our shop, we taught a hash class out of hemp a couple right weeks on. ago. And it's stuff like that that has to keep continuing to yeah, happen yeah. and not get turned into a corporate production that's a certain Oh, it's gonna. It's gonna. Everything's a corporate production. And so, like, but then how can we still allow the entrepreneur uh, at that, that community level to open a bar or open a brew pub? And keep it open for entrepreneurs simply because I think we're overestimating the amount of interest that's in this product and in this plant. Uh, and by restricting the number of licenses, you're just concentrating, uh, you're, you're, you're creating a perturbance in the amount of profits so that when there is uh, interstate commerce, because it's federally legal, all those markets are just going to implode. Oh, they yeah. won't be able to keep up with the, the states that have set up as an open market state. That'll be where all the stuff's coming out of. And the other states, you might see them eventually change their laws. Like Indiana is kind of famous for this. They changed their laws to allow distilleries maybe about five, six years ago. And so all these tiny little businesses were able to go and apply and get a distillery license. It doesn't mean like more than would have been able to make money got it. You know, so the market kind of balances itself. But when you limit the market and limit the licenses. Yeah. You still have to know how to run a business. I mean, yeah. Like, here's the license thing. You can print money. Everyone's rich. We all go on. Not everyone. The owners are rich. Everybody else is a job unless they don't do what we ask them to, and then we fire them. Right. But can we call a limited market what it is? Goddamn monopoly. 
I mean, that's what's really happening, these small little sanctions with big money. And then if you're lucky enough to be the small guy in a place, in a state that went recreational, you happen to be able to be that one guy that afforded a license and got the, got through all the hurdles. Right. Well, now you're going to make your, your – your, you're going to be wealthy, I guess, generational wealth. But that's not for everyone. It's, right. And it's still a monopoly because there's no new players. Like here in Washington State, no new players yet. No new – I can't just say tomorrow I want to open a pot shop. I got to wait and hope and, and – and, you know, find something yep. for yourself yeah. at a reasonable amount, whatever. It's insane. See, man. We were even we were happy with the idea of small operation, small little spot up in Oklahoma, get it started just like we did here. Because I know what would have yeah. happened if I would have been able to walk into the legal market just the way and with the momentum we had, we would have killed it. You know, without that lid being put on us, I feel like we're established enough that. You know, we go up there with genetics. We go up there with SOPs. We go up there with yeah. already established. Those little guys that are even smaller than us are going to struggle to try to compete with what we're doing, you know. Well, you're a legacy brand, too, man. Like, I think you would kill it in Oklahoma because when I was there, fudge, man, like three, four years ago, right before uh, uh, they did medical, um, CBDs were everywhere. CBD shops, right? They were definitely on a stage in between, like, People were getting able to see the leaf without being like disgusted by it because you yeah. would see like the CBD and yeah. it would have like a pot leaf on it, but you know it's all hemp. And uh, uh, so you're like, okay, people are getting used to the idea that all the. I mean, they were everywhere, dude. Like more than Starbucks, like just yeah. every other corner. And so the mindset of that city state is still like I think you would be accepted as far as like a CBD shop. You could open yeah. brick and mortar right away with yeah. CBD. Like, see that. That's what we liked about Oklahoma is that you could all do it under one roof. You know, I, why yeah. not? I can produce for everything, have my live kitchen, all the cart, and producing for my dining room. Mm. Oh, let's kill it. Let's go. You want to come watch? Like, I'll put windows in. You can come yes. watch. And then people are going to lose their shit. Like, what? <laughs> like, they can come watch them make dog treats all the way into rolling my rolly. Like, yeah, whatever yeah. you want. That's pretty dope. I love well, that. that's that's the charm. That's the that is a craft grow, in my opinion, or like a micro cultivation license or a micro business license that you yeah. see it where it's a mini vertical. They aren't really allowed to. I mean, they if they want to graduate to the next level, fine, but then they're going to have to do it organically. And yeah. you see that very rarely, like the micro businesses just aren't really given out. And I think that's really terrible because that's where you're going to see. Uh, genetics like start getting localized and mm. and you know that's when it, you have real flavors that can develop depending on where you are in the country yeah I have over 300 genetic seed banked over the last 30 years like damn dude that's stuff that we get to play with that other people are never going to hold in their hand or never going to have and then the sops to finish them out into some of the best product at the game i mean oh yeah that's something that I want my kids to have, my grandkids to be able to have and produce. You know, that's why I want legacy. I, I think if I stay here, we're going to have no options other than to sell. And yeah. who wants to do that? Because I'm still a sick guy with Crohn's. I'm still got to use yeah. with it every day. I, well, you want to retire too, man. You want to retire, let your kids take over the business, and then you can yell at them from the phone, you know, be like, hey, did you do this, that, this, you know, whatever. I just want my cabin in the woods, man. That's all. Yeah. It's, it's like everybody talks about it. it's true i want one that's <laughs> yeah. 
They all do. And that's the thing. And they, that's why they create limited markets. That's why they self deal. That's why they just lie to you and get you to sign the contract and then be like, yeah, but then you see what happens is we have to have them sue us. Ha ha. It'll take forever. Did you read that contract? They said, if you sue first, you have to go back outside and dismiss the case and wait 30 days. And that it's just, why is there all this time foolery in the contract? Well, yeah. a guy like me put it in there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there, learned it. That's why I struggle so hard now as an independent, because I'm afraid to even look at another contract. You need a, you need somebody who's got capital. You need somebody who's got uh, um, you know CFO or like tax type experience. You need a lawyer and then you need a grower or a hospitality person. Yeah. Uh, the grower could also be the hospitality person, but typically growers are artists. So get a hospitality person. Yep. And then, um, you know, there you go. It's your, your vertical. We're done. Yeah, and lawyers are the reasons why you got 60 pages of terms and services. So, I mean, get a lawyer. Well, <laughs> it's going to be a highly regulated industry. Like alcohol is a highly regulated industry. The Internet's a highly regulated industry. So this plant's complex and it does a lot of things. So it's going to be regulated fairly complexly. Well, I'd love to take that conversation further and send you what I got and see if there's cool. a... A plug somewhere because well, there's opportunity in in states that will have because there's a, a discrepancy between the access of a commercial operator and then the person who has the license because a lot of them especially in limited markets there's gambling involved these that's what it is it's like oh am i going to win this you know <laughs> and, and we're going to have a lot of uh, money that's wrapped up in winning this but if it pays off Boy, that's going to be worth millions. And so that gambling aspect is is really there. And a lot of the exit strategies are, look, it's been forever. We got this. You know, uh, let's just get rid of it. Let's. It, it was worth this. Well, we paid for it. We got an application that won. Now it's worth this. Bye bye, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget to put the money in the mail. You know, and, and so that type of stuff you're going to see right now. I bet that would be going on in Ohio. Uh, but Ohio only for medical dispos. Uh, it's going on in Illinois, not to where it's going to be once the dispensary case is out of the way. Dispensary case is getting there. Uh, craft grows are getting issued. And so uh, and those people, they applied years ago. And yeah. then you have what's going on in Missouri. There's a lot of operators there. You know, some of them need money or talent. And, and so there's there's opportunity there. But Missouri is more corporate. You know, it is. Yeah, I've got friends actually on the other side. They they came from the casino industry. We, we went to high school together, and now he's a, a big wig on the corporate side. So we we met up back home, and it's tough because like we went to grade school together. Yeah. You know, like I know his backstory, I know his kids, I know his grandkids, and vice versa. And here we are sitting across the table from each other, and he literally reached out and asked me if I wanted a job, <laughs> asked me if I would come to Colorado and run a transportation and a delivery. Oh, wow. I was just like, you know, Joey, what that you know what that means, right, brother? You means that I would have to to work for you. I'd have to sell everything I worked my ass off for to come yeah. out and make it. I said, I, I appreciate you and I love you and and I I know what your goal is with your company. It's go vertical, sell, and everyone lives happily ever after. I said, my level on that totem pole when that happens isn't near where I want to be. You yeah. know. Not in that, yeah. that equation. That, that just yeah. You always got to think about that equation. That's one of the things that everybody needs to know. Uh, the business starts and it goes, and then the owners get exited one way or another. Uh, yep. And so it's just that succession, like where do you want to see it and how are you putting positioning it so that it actually gets there over time? Because, you know, 
if I went away, my business would pretty much go away. And that's yeah. uh, what really bugs me about it, you know. And so how can I build it so it's automated and it's systematized so that it runs itself? And then I'm like, okay, well, I've been ignoring that cabin in the woods for years. Yeah. And then I get burned down. I'm like, ah. Oh. Now, that's one of those, you know, Zen things where you think about it. It's like, well, he didn't even know that it burned down because he was too busy working. Yeah. Well, you know, that is a thing for sure. And then it's also the with your friend going into like a big MSO, you know, they're not all bad. I mean, no. if you're going to have a Budweiser, but do you want to work for Budweiser or do you want to just create your own craft brewery somewhere else and, and, and become like a small, you know, that's the difference. You're, you're creating your small craft versus I don't want to work for Budweiser. I don't want to be the Anheuser Bushes. I don't want to be that. Now make yeah. me a partner and we might have a conversation where I yeah. equity, where I got something, you know, that I'm nailed to the ground with, but I don't know a salary. I, I I've been a chef for 22 years working for people, you know, and <laughs> I know what that's like. It, I loved my career. I loved what I did, but that's not what I want to retire doing. You no, know? It's, yeah. not, it's not why your time. <laughs> no, I I honestly love teaching. I love showing like my, you know my whole family knows what we do now. All my kids are licensed. Like my cousins licensed. Like I could bring a whole squad with me. That's the funny part. Oh yeah. Well, what do you bring to the well i have the grower i have the chef i have the, like <laughs> what do you need there you are and that's that's a, a nice kind of aspect of it that you're able to have that family business but then it stinks that you're not able to operate as you could as if you were an entrepreneur similarly situated in a different set state right. that really stinks in that regulation but that's kind of how they did it with alcohol like you know you said you were from uh you know kansas they were dry for a while and my mom was a bootlegger. Yeah. Well, now we would get it. <laughs> yeah, I hate to be a dick, but I got to get ready to get, go to Cabo. Chris, where can everybody catch you at, man? Oh, man. Uh, well, my main website for the company is hemphilfarms.com. We always have lots of cool stuff on there. Uh, HatersMakeMeFamous.com is our uh, latest website that we've been building for our podcast. We're on season three that we're getting ready to start. There's been a little bit of a delay just because now I'm doing it myself and uh, got another person helping me. I was being uh, broadcast and published before and it's too expensive. So it takes I, time too, man. It's a, so, and yeah. we've been wanting to make sure that we were getting the right guest lists and, you know, staying on task and, and doing it correctly. And sometimes my wife feels she gets really overwhelmed when it comes to the inmate side of stuff because these are real people, you know? And so many podcasts and so many award shows and so many places we go, it's always about the money, the profit, and this shit. And then I go home, I write these people, and I got to tell them what's going on. And I'm like, well, absolutely nothing. Sorry, all 40,000 of you are still sitting there, and we can't figure it out, <laughs> you know? Seriously. Yeah. But that's... I don't think if you had a hundred million dollar check that you wrote to just Congress, put it on the you know the two line Congress, hundred million dollars, let the people out of prison for weed, they'd still be like, well, I want to cash this check, and I think we'd get a sixty people would support cashing this check, but there's too many conditions on it, and you're like, oh my god, we well, just let them out of prison. What the fuck, you know? We just need to get that check to Schumer right now, just to have it heard on the goddamn floor. If we just get the more act heard. Million enough to cover those 40,000 empty beds. That's the mm. real 
God damn, oh, dude. Do oh, that. yeah. Privatized prisons make about as much sense as Schedule One weed, you know, and both of them are insane and then cruel. And that's that's one of the worst aspects because America's supposed to be like good and like, you know, free markets and stuff like that. And you, you everybody can do what they want as long as they aren't harming anybody. Yeah. Uh, nope. That's not America. America is bad, judgmental. And, you know, don't think about doing that. Oh, that's a crime. You're going to get in trouble. You know, they they need to see it. It's it's very frustrating. Absolutely. It is. Hey, but Miggy, you're going to Cabo and you gotta hop off. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm going to Cabo. Cabo. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Hey, I hopefully I'll get better weed than I did last time. Do you, like that. Well, is that uh, oh, I'll show it, but what's up, man? How far a trip is that? Uh it's a, a four hour flight. And then uh uh but the thing is let's do I was there last year and uh, I scored uh whatever for like 20 bucks and it would remind me of being 18 again dude like i had to take a bowl take all the seeds the stems and then when i burnt it it smelled just like it was putting someone's asshole for like a week and and, and smuggled across i'm like how do you smuggle weed back into mexico like what the fuck is this shit that i'm sm-? it was so sad because my people have been smoking weed for thousands of years like wait ain't nobody taking time to like learn how to grow the shit buddy uh, I'm sure they've screwed up the cure. That's that's what it was. And then also they seeded the heck out of it. And so how's it still compressed though? Yeah. It was so compressed, like a fucking brick still. Like, where were you taking yeah. this to? Uh, I'm in Mexico yeah. already. It should be fluffy. Oh, that's huh? that a few crops ago, dude. Well, well, man, hey, uh, yeah. are you going to be able to make the show on Wednesday? Then you're going to try to hop in on, from Cabo. Yes, I'm going to definitely try. There'll be Wi-Fi at the Airbnb. So. Sweet. All right. Well, have a safe trip. And Chris, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you know the time and the the insight. And everybody else that's a, a member and other things, you know, thanks for tuning in. And we're gonna see you next time. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs>